0: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, does this sound like I'm panicking? I'm not panicking. I'm disgusted. It was a crappy weekend. The weekend was awful. And it's not helped out by the Braves aren't doing us any favors, nor should we expect the Braves to do us any favors. They're a good team. They played the Marlins. They beat the Marlins. It would have been nice if the Mets got a favor. You know, Saturday night, Kenley Jansen loads the bases up with nobody out. Marlins can only score one run and tie it. It'd be nice to see the Marlins break it open, but we can't expect that. What we need, though, is this offense to wake the F up. Now, Hoff, You've been nervous about this Met offense. I think you were singing the alarm bells uh, a month ago. Are you worried after this weekend? Are you worried that this offense will continue to no-show like we've seen over the sample sizes I gave out?
1: So so the worry is, is like it's not even the offense. It's more about the competition that we're going to play over the next month because what you've said is 100% correct. Like this weekend was embarrassing. We should not be losing to Patrick Corbin or anybody else on the Washington Nationals. And the next month is filled with a lot of subpar teams. But yet the concern is who's going to step up this final month of the season? Who's going to want to show up and prove that, hey, you know, we, we should be major league level, you know, players and whatnot. And in doing so, they're playing against the Mets, who are in a playoff race, and they're willing. Th- these players are willing to step up and go above and beyond. And I need to see that fight from the Mets, and uh, so I I have a level of concern. Now, is it the biggest concern? Eh, not as much as others. Like I'm still listen. I'm not to try to compare apples to apples, but like Yankees that division, they're not doing enough for me to be. If I'm a Yankee fan right now, I'm still very nervous of the division. I think the Mets will fight. They've proven it all year. They're fighters. However, they're playing kids this final month, so that does concern me.
0: Yeah, look, the Nationals, to their credit, I mean, I I don't want to sit here giving them too much credit. I'll give some of their position players credit. Uh, You got guys fighting for their baseball livelihoods, and I've seen this a lot in September. You get certain rebuilding teams that have veteran players that are going through the motions and they can't wait for the season to end. And then you face other teams playing out the string where you've got guys, whether it's a Joey Manessas, who's a great example because he's a rookie and he's 30 or 31, whatever he is, he's trying to prove he's a major leaguer. So you do have kind of the dangers of facing those bad teams, those teams that are playing out the string. Look, the Mets should win a hell of a lot more games than they lose over this stretch of time. I think what concerns me is not that this offense won't wake up. Because, I, I look, I, I think that they're relying on their best players. That's really what has to change. Pete Alonzo was slumped now for a couple of weeks. They didn't have to wake up. What concerns me is, and I remember asking you uh, right after the Dodgers series, and I threw it out there, and we have to own what we say. Hey, the Mets are about to play 16 games against really bad teams. What's an acceptable number in those 16 games? And I think the number I put out there was 12 and 4. And I think you put something out there very similar. Well, right now to get to 12 and 4, they got to win 11 out of their next 13, which they can do. They're facing bad teams. But here's the element to all of this that's complicated. What do they have to do to win the division? Because the Braves are a part of this equation too. What's the number? Because that's the only number that matters. And I've said this before on the Rico. These Brave games are as important as the games the Mets play. Now, obviously, the Mets have to take care of business. If the Mets take care of business, they can't lose ground. It's as simple as that. But you also need the Atlanta Braves to cooperate. Because the Mets could go 11-2 and in the next 13 games. They could. what if the Braves go 13-0? Because if they do, the Mets aren't in first place. So, that's why this division may not be the Mets blowing it more than it is the Braves taking it. Now, I got the Braves schedule in front of me. They go on a West Coast trip in which they play, starting right now, they go out West. They have an off day on Labor Day. They play two games in Oakland. They're a crappy team, we get it, but it's still on the road, West Coast. They've got three games in Seattle, playoff contender, and they've got three games in San Francisco, who just did a good job against the Phillies. What are they going to do in those eight games? I got no freaking idea. I mean, what can we expect them to do in those eight games? And what are the Mets going to do in their eight games? Because that's all that matters. In the next eight games or three games, whatever sample size you want to look at, are the Mets going to have a better record than the Atlanta Braves? Because the margin for error is gone. The trip up weekend that the Mets just had cut their lead from three to one. Like, there's no, hey, they had a bad weekend, no big deal. And I get it. Most other divisions give you that ability to trip up. The, 2000 Mets had, the 2006 Mets had the ability to trip up. The 2015 Mets had the ability to trip up. The Atlanta Braves, to their credit, that the defending world champions, they've won how many divisions in a row? They're giving the Mets no ability to trip up. And that's something we have to keep in mind. It's normal for a really good baseball team to lose to a really bad baseball team in a three-game series. That hasn't happened to the New York Mets all season long. I laid it out before. They haven't lost the series to a bad team all year. The worst team they lost the series to before this weekend was the San Francisco Giants. Seriously. And that was before they started collapsing. Was who? What was the other bad team they lost the series to? They haven't. So look, If this is the only series they lose during this stretch of time, then we'll all be happy. Or at least we think we'll be happy because it depends what the Braves do. And so that's what makes this race. Yes, it's exciting. It's a real back and forth pennant race, but it's dangerous. They're damn good. And we can't sit here and expect them to lose games because they haven't.
1: Now you tell me if I'm wrong, Evan, because I, I agree to the fact that you're talking about these teams they travel the Mets and whatnot, and the the Braves are going to go to Oakland, right? We're talking about the the Yankees went to Oakland, and they didn't do very well out in Oakland. But you tell me if it's different, the New York Yankees coming to town. Let's, uh, just, let's try to play our best baseball, or the Atlanta Braves coming to town, and we're going to try to play our best baseball. You're the champs! Like, You're the but, champs! But, but, but are they really, though? Is it that much difference? Like, there's a difference between the Yankees coming to town, even the Mets coming to town, than yeah, the Braves. I, I'm sorry. I, look, I, I don't
0: expect necessarily the Oakland A's to be pumped up to face the Atlanta Braves, though the fact they're the world champions – I look more, when I look at the Braves' schedule, and this is where the Mets really do have the advantage, if we're we're being honest about this. Going into when they play, which is September 30th, October 1st, October 2nd, we are looking at a stretch of games in which the Mets are playing nothing but bad teams outside of the Brewers. They have a series against the Brewers. They're a quality team. The Atlanta Braves, I mentioned the West Coast trip. Forget the Oakland A's because they are a bad team, and I, I agree with you. I don't necessarily think they see the Braves on the calendar, and they're all pumped up they play three games in Seattle against the Mariners. That's a playoff team. They play three games in San Francisco against the Giants. They're at least a quality team. Wilmer Flores, had a walk off the other day against David Robertson. And then here's the real key to all of this. And I don't know how I feel about it because the Phillies have been this perennial September choker. They've got to play the Philadelphia Phillies seven times. Seven times. They got to play him three times in Atlanta. They got to play him four times in Philadelphia. Now, they also get to play the Nationals seven times, and I doubt the Nationals will have success against them like they did against the Mets. But by looking at that and what the Braves are facing, even if they lose a handful of times, if the Mets can beat what's ahead of them, which is Pittsburgh and Miami and Chicago and Pittsburgh and Oakland and Milwaukee and Miami, you would think logically, and I maybe I shouldn't use logic, I'm a Met fan, that going into that Brave series with six games to go, the Mets should be in a better position standing-wise than they are today. And if they are, we should be thrilled. Because if they can go into that series against the Braves, I said on the air recently, I would sign for being a game up on the Atlanta Braves going into that series. Because the ball would be in the Mets court. All they'd have to do is win one game and even if they lost two out of three, they'd be tied for first place with the tiebreaker going into the final weekend of the year where the Mets actually play the Nationals again. Um, but looking at who the Braves are facing and who the Mets are facing, if the Mets can get their heads out of their asses and take care of business, logic says they should be in a real good position standings-wise going in to that three-game series in Atlanta.
1: And this is something, and I don't want to be... a I don't want to sound like I'm like uh, pumping my chest or whatever because I never want to do that as a Mets fan because I don't think we deserve it. I don't think we've 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 gotten to that point where we can just put ourselves above other teams. However, even though the division is still up for grabs right now, the one thing I'm very confident is the Mets are playoff bound. So no matter what happens, even if they blow something,
0: happy price price line yeah you know, I was thinking about that the other day that the worst case scenario right now for this team would be hosting three games in a wild card series but that's not a place I want to be in it's not a place you want to be in and I think what adds to it is that if I would have said at the beginning of the season hey the Mets are gonna win a hundred games they're gonna win a wild card and they're gonna host all three games in a wild card series we'd all be pretty excited about it but here's the thing that changes it. The New York Mets have had a wire to wire season, literally outside of one day, four games into the season, or it was five games into the season. The Mets have been in first place every day of the year. They haven't shared it. They've been in first place since basically April 9th. And so it is tough to have a season like that again. Mets aren't choking anything. The Braves have been really taking it, and I think we all acknowledge it, and it could be very similar to what happened with the Dodgers and Giants last year, where you win 106 games and don't win the division. Like That is on the table if the Atlanta Braves just win every single day and the Mets win every single day. Uh, It's conceivable to win 105 games and not win this division, but as a fan, when you spend the entire spring and the entire summer, and you come out of Labor Day, or at least go into Labor Day, in first place in a division, it's tough to say, well, we had a great year, but yeah, we had it the whole year, but we didn't win it in September. There's a mental aspect of that. Now, can the Mets, you know, win the wild card series, beat the Dodgers in the divisional series, and go win? Of course, it's baseball. I get that the nationals in 2019 had to win a wild card game, then went out, beat the Dodgers in five. And we all know what happened. They won a world series, but I think mentally it would be a massive disappointment to not win this division. It just would. And everything that goes along with it, the difficulty of the series that you're about to be in. But more than that, the fact that mentally we had it this entire season, you know, first place the entire year. Now I'm not conceding the division. I'm not saying the Mets. Like right now, quote unquote, gun to my head, I still think we win this division. I trust this team. I trust this team to take care of business against the Pirates coming up a bunch of times. They play the Pirates seven times, essentially. I trust them. And I even believe it or not, I trust them in Atlanta. The Mets have done a great job against the Braves this season. They're nine and seven against them. All they've got to do is win one game in that series to ensure that they own the tiebreaker, which is m- monumental. Because you win the tiebreaker, you could finish in a tie and still win the division. So I sit here today trusting this team. Now, there was a scare this weekend with Max Scherzer, and that scared the crap out of me. And I was, I gotta tell you, I was very annoyed. I don't like to take shots at the broadcast because I think Gary, Keith, and Ron do a great job. But they're talking about something else. I was not at the games this weekend. Like I mentioned, I'm in a car right now. I was visiting my family, so I didn't go Friday, Saturday, Sunday. All the games were on TV for me. Um, they showed Tommy Hunter warming up in the bullpen in the bottom of the fifth inning and just passingly said, oh yeah, Tommy Hunter's warming up. And they go back to whatever they're talking about. And I'm screaming at the TV, excuse me, what? Why the F is Tommy Hunter warming up? Max Scherzer has barely thrown any pitches. He's pitched very well. Uh, this doesn't make sense. Like, is Tommy Hunter trying to get his work in <laughs> something? Like, why? Why? why is he warming up? And unless I miss something, unless I muted it by accident, there is no references to what the hell is going on. Now, maybe they don't know what's going on, but you could at least acknowledge that, hey, Tommy Hunter is warming up. So that kind of annoyed me. Then Max is out of the game, and now I'm refreshing Twitter constantly, like, what's up with him? What's wrong with him? And when I heard the, I think they phrased it as his side was tired. I think that's what they said, like his side, which I don't, I don't know what that means, Pete. Hoff, has your side ever been tired?
1: uh it was actually if i'm correct it was the word fatigued and that's a word that my wife my wife hates when i say that sometimes i i tell her like my body is a little bit fatigued i feel fatigued and she goes what the fuck does that mean i'm sorry to curse but she doesn't understand it it doesn't make any sense Go, it's 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 i don't know it's fatigued so i i don't know but yes i understand I, I was sort of relieved
0: when I heard it, only because it didn't involve his arm, and it didn't involve his elbow, and it wasn't, you know, like a pulled hamstring. Obviously, you have concerns about what he just dealt with with his side issues, but it seemed in the wording, okay, not the end of the world. Now, Max obviously says after the game he was being extra cautious. He figured this time of year, why not be extra cautious, and I completely agree with him. And, and again, as we discussed earlier, the Mets did not lose that game because Max came out after five. In fact, Tommy Hunter did his job. Joely Rodriguez did his job. It was Adam Adovino that didn't do his job, but really the offense didn't do its job. They didn't score any runs for Max Scherzer. They didn't hit Patrick Corbin. So, you know, looking back at that game, they didn't necessarily lose because of Max Scherzer or their bullpen. They lost because they didn't hit. Um, I don't know if he should make his next start. I got to be honest with you, I know all these games are obviously very important, as we just discussed, but you cannot put yourself in a situation in which six days from now, Max Scherzer's on the mound and reaggravates that side, and it's back to square one. You can't lose him. So, you have a rotation, which has not been the problem, let's face it. Jacob DeGrom has been fine every five days. Taiwan Walker, Taiwan Walker's been average every five days. He has not collapsed the way he collapsed a year ago, no doubt. But he's been very mediocre. I mean, he's a five and two thirds, three runs kind of guy every five days, which, you know, if the Mets are hitting, is not a problem. Back of the rotation, not a problem. David Peterson, I think, has mostly been really good. Like I mentioned, I thought he was impressed. because I-, I was impressed by David Peterson, especially because of the defensive mistakes behind him, the Tomas Nito play on Friday. So, Peterson's fine. Walker's fine. Chris Bassett's fine. DeGrom is fine. Carrasco's first start back wasn't great, but overall he's been fine. So, skipping him when you already have six guys in your rotation to me is not a big deal. You know, I, 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 it's not as if I'm saying I don't take these games seriously. I take them very seriously. I'm just saying the negative to him pitching and not missing a start and God forbid re aggravating this hip or whatever it is is catastrophic. So, I'm sure a lot of people listening disagree with me saying, come on, this is why he's here. Put him out there in five days. Do you feel that way, Peter? Are you good with being a little conservative and skipping him his next time out?
1: So the problem I have is when he went through his dead arm phase last year, one of the problems was he didn't pitch enough. Right. So that concerns me. That is an issue.
0: But but here's the thing about that. And I totally get it. And It's interesting how... Guys are so different in terms of what keeps them sharp and what they need going into October. A lot of guys need rest. Max Scherzer is one of those guys saying, hey, you got to pitch me more. I'm not saying to cut down on his pitch count or cut down on his innings. I'm merely saying one start on September 8th or whatever day it would fall, skip him. You still have almost a month of baseball. (laughs) You still have a bunch of Max Scherzer starts. And I think we saw in the Colorado game last Sunday, you can still push him. So, I'm not even saying shut him down for two starts. I just think, why not be extra conservative? It'll be interesting to see what the Mets do, because the Mets have rotation decisions to make anyway. They've got six guys. You know, assuming everybody's healthy, and as soon as you assume that, obviously somebody gets hurt. But assuming everybody's legitimately healthy, Buck alter has got a few options. Number one is he literally can just keep a six-man rotation going. Uh, the Mets have an off day after the Pittsburgh series, but then they don't have another off day until September 21st. So by going with a six man rotation, you give DeGrom an extra day. You give Scherzer an extra day. You give all these guys an extra day. Or if everybody's healthy, you can try the David Peterson bullpen experiment because Joelli Rodriguez is the only lefty in the bullpen. Uh, I don't think you have to be as worried anymore about keeping Peterson stretched out because once they take that off day, on September 22nd, the Mets have two more off days after that. Like, the Mets legitimately could have a four-man rotation, not even need a fifth guy. So, obviously, you wouldn't need a sixth guy with all the off days that are going on. Uh, I haven't mapped it out yet in terms of who you have facing the Atlanta Braves and who you have facing Washington. And I can't map it out because I think this turnaround may be a six-man rotation, and we're seeing how Buck's kind of handling things. But I think once we get to right around the Pittsburgh weekend, not the series coming up against the Pirates, but the series at City Field in a week and a half, you can sort of see, all right, let's map this thing out, because that matters now. you got three games against the Atlanta Braves. I assume you're going to want Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom pitching in both, or both of them pitching in that series, and specifically having one of them go on Friday the 30th, so they could be lined up to pitch game 162. I mean, let's just be simple math here. You want your best starting pitcher, whether you deem it Jacob DeGrom or Max Scherzer, let Buck make that decision to at least potentially be available in a game 162, depending on the circumstances. Um, If you're a game behind, you probably don't make the decision to pitch your best pitcher because then you use him and you wouldn't have them available right out of the gate in the wildcard series. So it, it really depends on what's on the line in game 162. To me, if you're a win and you win the division in, I'd probably say F it. I'm using my best arm. You're facing the Nationals. You go for it. But that's a discussion for a podcast down the road.